This episode of The Productivity Show is brought to you by The Dojo, the best and most supportive productivity training library and community. Try The Dojo for just $1 at theproductivityshow.com dojo. Welcome to The Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. In today's episode, we'll be covering six strategies for how to stick to your goals this year. And even if you lose momentum, we'll give you practical tips and tricks for picking it back up. We know that this is going to be an amazing year for you. We want to give you all the tools to make that happen. You can find links to everything that we share on the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 281. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. This is Tian. I'm the founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency. We help people become more productive at work and in life. And I'm Brooks, the operations director of Asian Efficiency. We're super, super excited to be here for another podcast recording. Yeah, this time we're going to be talking about how to stick to your goals this year. And I know we're into 2020 right now, and everybody's super excited about making sure that you know they have their New Year's resolutions, they have their goals set up. And if you're somebody who has trouble sticking to their goals, then you're going to love this episode. But before we get to the content today, I want to make sure that we share some of our favorite resources as of lately. And Brooks, you have a few here written down that you would love to share with the listener. So uh, can you do that in 90 seconds or less? All right, I will do my best. So our top three resources for this episode is number one, Giftology, which is a book by John Rulin, and it's all about using gifts as a way to solidify relationships with people that are important to you. I really enjoyed this book. I think it was a recommendation from you, Tan, I believe. I thought it was a really, really great episode. I enjoyed it a lot. Or book, I should say. And I enjoyed it a lot. Number two is the Vessi Waterproof Knit Shoes. So if you use Instagram, these folks advertise a lot on Instagram. However, I, I bought a pair on a recommendation from a friend and they're great. So they're slip-on or they have lace version two shoes that are very comfortable. But the cool thing about them is versus say all birds or something like that is these vessies are waterproof so that's important if you live in a place like vancouver like i do you want your feet to be dry and i really enjoy the vessi so that was a great recommendation from a friend and the final is ible which is a ios app i'm not sure if they have an android version apologies for not checking on that but it's a finance app that helps you learn how to do investing and become familiar with that without having to put your own money at risk at the beginning. So Ible is a fun app for that. And that's the top three resources. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll have links to everything in the show notes as well. So if you're listening in your podcast app, just go through the app to see that. And if you're listening anywhere else, you can go to theproductivityshow.com slash 281 and grab all the links there as well. So let's talk about how to stick to your goals this year. And we came up with this episode because we know a lot of people are super excited about their goals right now. And if you're somebody who has always struggled with accomplishing their goals, then you're going to love this episode, right? And if you're somebody who is super excited and then February comes around, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this, or you kind of lost momentum, then you definitely need to listen to this episode because we're going to share a lot of actionable takeaways that you can implement that is super simple. And maybe you're somebody who makes really good progress. And then when 
the half year point comes around, right? We're around June then. And you're like, oh man, I don't know if I can still accomplish my goals or I'm way behind. I'm just going to give up. Then we're going to share some tips as well for you to make sure that you still stick to it, right? Especially if this goal is really important to you. And maybe you're somebody who generally hits all of their goals and you're always looking for ways to do things better. We're going to share some of our personal examples of how we've done things in the future and also what we are going to do this year with some of our more advanced strategies that you can copy as well. Yeah. And, you know, our last few episodes, we've talked about reviewing the previous year and then we've talked about making your goals for this new year. So in this case, when we're recording, it's 2020. The problem with that, though, is if you have a goal and especially a goal that is new to you, it can be really, really difficult to stick to it because at first there's not a lot of visible progress a lot of times, depending on the type of goals, of course, if it's, say, a fitness goal or something like that. But there's lots of other things, uh, you know, learning a new skill or something like that. It takes a while to to make what seems like visible progress and it can feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's not fun in those early days. Maybe it's painful. Maybe it's frustrating because you know you're not as good at something as you feel like you should be. So it doesn't it, it just can be really discouraging that if it doesn't feel like anything's happening. The other thing is, even if it's not that type of goal, as you start through it and maybe you're you're successful at first, you know, you're you're making good progress on your goals, you're hitting whatever you want to be doing. But inevitably, at some point throughout the year, something will come up, you know, something will come up, you'll have a hard drive crash, you'll have a health issue, you'll have, you know, something happen during the year. And something can come up that can derail that goal. So to try to fix it a lot of time, or at least get through this, a lot of times we try to rely on willpower, which we've talked about multiple times on the podcast, generally doesn't work. I believe TPS 203, we did an episode all about this. So the question then becomes, instead of relying on yourself or your willpower, how do we rely on systems or processes or a framework instead of trying to just blindly push through things. And that's what we want to talk about today. I would concur. And if you're somebody who has repeated quote unquote failure with accomplishing their goals, there's probably a big likelihood that you're probably uh, relying too much on yourself and on your willpower. And as you're going through this episode today, you'll see that we have this like framework or system or process in place that kind of takes you out of the equation almost so that you're success rate will very likely go up. So that's something you want to pay attention to as we are going through this episode. So we have six ways to make sure that your New Year's goals and resolutions are going to stick this year. And the first one is to know what you're getting yourself into. So Brooks, can you kind of share with everybody what you mean with that? Well, a lot of times, you know, I was I was mentioning earlier, sometimes there can be things that happen or there can be things that could derail us. And a lot of sometimes some of them are a surprise. They just come out of nowhere. But sometimes if we actually gave some thought to what it is we're trying to do, a lot of times we can foresee some of the challenges. So if we're if you're learning a new skill you can not just read about the awesome benefits of this new skill. You can read about some of the challenges that people have and the, and the challenges that people are going to run into. So it's knowing ahead of time the sorts of things you can expect and looking ahead for any roadblocks. So trying to visualize what's going to happen. And when those roadblocks come up, you, you know it's just part of the learning process. And also... You want to have a sense of timing as well. So knowing what your schedule is, being realistic about the sorts of things that 
you have going on will give you a greater chance of success. So for example, for me, one of my goals for this year, and I've talked about this in the last few episodes of the podcast, is to reestablish and really reaffirm my journaling habit. So for me, one of my goals is to have that consistent journaling process. And I just know based on myself, my energy levels, my schedule, I just know that if I try to to do my journaling process in the evening, it's not going to stick. Maybe I'll have some initial success, but eventually I know I'm going to run into problems. So for me, I'm looking ahead. I'm knowing that that evening process is not going to work. So I know I need to make sure to focus on having it in, for me personally, the morning will work better. So it's looking ahead and establishing it that way. I can hear the pitchforks already coming out, Brooks, because some people that are listening right now are going to go, Brooks, that sounds great. And I love that you can think ahead. But sometimes I just don't know what I'm getting myself into, right? I'm going to learn this new thing or I'm going to do this other thing. And Brooks, you already mentioned on another podcast that you already did journaling at some points. So you you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. But what about me? What about me? Like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. What would you tell those people? Well, yeah, there's definitely times that surprises happen, you know, health issues come up or it's just something totally unexpected. So what I would recommend in that case is, first of all, be flexible, you know, understand that things are going to come up and maybe you need to dial back your goal instead of 100 percent, maybe dial it back to 75 percent or something like that or be a bit more flexible. But also what you can do is just do that regular check in and adjust. You know, if you're staying on top of your goals and you're doing some of the things we're going to talk about in a, in a minute with tracking and reviewing, then you can kind of see where you are and you can make adjustments throughout the year instead of just having a roadblock come up and just, you know, throwing up your hands and just be like, ah, oh, forget it. I've hit some adversity. It's time to it's time to shelf this one. A lot of times we have the ability to be a bit more flexible than we think. So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing situation. Yeah, it's not like you're going to be able to plan everything ahead, right? And there's something that you will inevitably run into that you just don't know what will happen, right? We see this all the time as we're running Asian efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work. As as much as we plan sprints and know like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Sometimes it's new stuff and we will anticipate roadblocks or things that might be a pitfall. But there's always stuff coming up that we're like, man, I, you know, we never saw that coming, right? And that's going to be happening to you as well as you're setting your goals. And so to echo what you were saying earlier, Brooks, you know, being flexible, having some sort of like uh, outlook in terms of, hey, I'm going to run into stuff, but I need to know that I'm going to be okay with that and then figure out a way to get around that. So it's not even just even having a concrete plan of knowing everything that's, you know, might be a potential roadblock, but just the idea of like planning ahead and saying, hey, I know I'm going to run into something when that happens I'm going to be okay with it, right? So I'm watching like a lot of basketball games and the LA Lakers, that's my team. And they're on a winning streak right now, right? And they're doing great. And they asked one of the players, you know, uh, how do you forecast what's going to happen next, right? Or like, how do you make sure you stick to this? And, you know, one of the players, uh, his name's Anthony Davis. He said, you know what? We're going to be prepared for adversity. We know we're going to run into stuff. We're just looking at one game at a time. And we know you know, whether this winning streak keeps on going or not, we're going to run into adversity. And when that happens, we need to be able to pick ourselves up and get back on track and make sure that, you know, we're on the road to winning a championship. 
And it's kind of the same idea here, right? Like when you have your goal set, and you know what you want to accomplish. There's going to be some setbacks, whether it's health, family, travel. There's always going to be stuff coming up. Just be mentally prepared for that so that you know that when that does come up, you're like, aha, I see it happening right now. It's not a big deal, right? I might get a week behind or something. Let's just get back on track, right? It's just like if you had a bad meal last night and you like ate a little too much like I did last night, it's not the end of the world, right? Like just readjust today and going forward. So that is tip number one here to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into. So let's move on to tip number two, and that is to focus on one resolution at a time or one goal at a time. And if you've been following this podcast for a while, you know that we always talk about doing one thing at a time. Like if you want to focus and get something accomplished, it's better to do one thing at a time rather than multiple things at once and or at the same time. And so it's better to set one goal and really focus on that and making sure that you're hitting that goal rather than say, hey, let me try to hit three smaller goals, work at them all at once, and then hope for the best that it will work out, right? And then I think most of us are over enthusiastic and that includes me as well. I'm always looking for ways to, you know, mm-hmm. accomplish two goals if I can or three and it sounds more efficient and it looks more efficient that way. But history has just shown so many times it's better to do one thing at a time rather than multiple. Yeah, and this can actually take a surprising amount of discipline. For example, using the example of AE and our the goals that we have, this happen has happened so many times where we we know, you know, we're more successful if we focus on one goal and really focus on that. And we all know that going in. But when we get together for our planning and that sort of thing, all of a sudden we have like two or three goals that we that we really, really want to do. And so it takes the discipline to say, nope, you know, all three of those sound fantastic, but we really, really need to focus on one. And this is a a constant struggle that I think we all have personally and also professionally as well, because a lot of times if you really, really think about the goals that you have, you know, if you sit down and you write down your goals and maybe after the last podcast episode, you've come up with a number of them. If you actually really look and analyze the goals, a lot of times the goals that we have are actually counterproductive like really focusing on one is gonna mess up another one so you've got to choose which goal you want to focus on otherwise you're gonna have two or more things that are in opposition that's just gonna get you pretty much nowhere for me like going back to what we were talking about for me there's there's a lot of things that i i could do a lot of things that i want to do but i had to really decide okay I'm kind of designing my morning. I know after step number one, I know that I really want to focus on reestablishing my journaling practice and make sure that that is something that sticks. So for me, anything else that I want to put in that morning, I have to I have to be very careful of that because something else that I put in this morning time does have the potential of messing up the journaling practice. So I need to be very, very cognizant that that is the central thing and then everything else I kind of work around it. What you said about the three or multiple goals and how they can even be counterproductive to each other is like so true, right? So for example, for me, when I look at 2020, my goal, my number one goal is to learn salsa, being able to go to any salsa club, approach any girl or woman there and say, hey, let's go for a dance for one song and be fully confident and having a great time, right? Like that's like, quote unquote, my definition of done or my definition 
of success is to be able to go to any country or any city in the world, go to a salsa club and dance with a with a woman on uh, to a particular song and be good at it, right? And I have so many other goals that I want to accomplish at the same time. I want to travel the world. I want to go to Africa. I've never been to Africa. I've always wanted to go to South Africa, right? Because it has that relationship in history with the Netherlands where they speak Afrikaans, which is based on Dutch. So I'm always fascinated by that. And I want to go to Egypt and stuff. And I want to go to Vietnam, visit some family there. And I want to attend all these personal development seminars and workshops that I've been dying to go to, right? And I want to go to New Zealand. I want to do X, Y, and Z. I have so many things that I want to do and I want to have like fitness goals and blah, 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 right? So super excited, but I realistically cannot accomplish all of them in the same year, right? So I have to pick one of them. And they also kind of conflict with each other because if I have a fitness goal and I want to travel, oftentimes for me, based on my past you know, history, they kind of conflict with each other because if I travel, guess what? I'm going to be eating out a lot. I'm going to enjoy the local foods. And oftentimes it's not always the best for you. That kind of conflicts with my health goal or my fitness goal, right? And sometimes they do conflict with each other and sometimes they're supplementary, right? So like if you have a salsa goal and like a fitness goal, they kind of go hand in hand because it's exercise, right? But most of the time I see them being conflicting and the challenge then becomes, okay, I can only pick one. What do I pick? And if you know how to prioritize your goals or your to-do list in general, you'll find this an easier process. But I've always found it so challenging. And the thing I always ask myself is either, you know, what would make me the happiest? Or, you know, what's the biggest domino that will then, you know, make all the other dominoes fall, right? And so if I can pick the one that is most meaningful to me, then everything else usually becomes a lot easier, right? So for me, being able to dance salsa, as an example, I would open up so much more travel in the future because then I can go to South America and go to all these like Latin countries and be able to dance there, right? So that opens up more opportunities for me to travel than I'm even thinking about right now. So that would make more sense for me. And the personal development stuff, I mean, I can always go to that at some point. Like there's no really rush to attend one of those. So for me, if I think about salsa, travel and personal development, I would say salsa probably unlocks the most things. That's probably be my domino that will unlock everything else. And so those are just some things for you to consider. But again, just focus on one thing at a time, no matter how challenging it will be. I know it's going to sound difficult. And I know a lot of you are thinking, well, Tan, I have a goal at work and I have a goal in my personal life. And I'm like, yes, that's great. But try to focus on one as much as you can before you move on to the next one. So I'm just trying to anticipate questions that people are going to have. And I have a suspicion this is going to be a question that someone would ask after this. Are we saying that you should only focus on one thing for the entire year? Or are you saying that, sure, you can have multiple goals for the year, but just don't worry about goals number two and three until you've accomplished or at least are like well on your way of accomplishing goal number one. So is it just like one goal for the whole year or just make sure you're focusing one at a time? This episode is brought to you by the Dojo, the best and most supportive productivity training library and community. Achieve your goals in record time with help of productivity coaches and an accountability group. The funny thing about productivity is that sometimes you know what you should be doing, but somehow it just doesn't happen. You read blog posts, you buy books, you listen to podcast episodes, and maybe you try a thing or two, but nothing really sticks, or you find yourself in pretty much the exact same place as before. The good news is you're definitely not alone, and you're closer than you think. 
The missing key is true mentorship and community. And that's where the dojo comes in. The dojo is an online productivity training library and community. There are over 35 productivity courses in there on topics such as strategic planning, how to plan a 90 day year, how to use a calendar, and a lot more. You'll get access to the productivity courses that are not for sale anywhere else. You can only get them when you're a dojo member. The dojo also comes with a community where like-minded people and the Asian efficiency team come together and share what's working for them on the private forums and on the live coaching calls. It's all included when you're a dojo member. For the Productivity Show listeners, we have a special offer when you enroll today. Go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo and try it out for just $1. That's theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. I would say focus on one thing at a time. And if you want the longer answer, you would have to listen to next week's episode. So you'll have to wait. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll, uh, we'll answer it here today. <laughs> but I would say, yes, you can have multiple goals for sure. But I would say focus on just one of them at a time. And if you've been following us for a while, you know that we prefer, we really strongly prefer quarterly goals over annual goals, right? But if you're stubborn enough, and you want to <laughs> stick to your annual goals, you still can do that. Just realize that quarterly is a little faster. It has more sense of urgency. You're more likely to accomplish a lot of things, especially if you break stuff down. So we're big fans of that. But yeah, you can have multiple goals, but I would say focus on one the most. And then all the other stuff is kind of like, you know, it's kind of there. You kind of do it, right? Like just because I focus on salsa doesn't mean that I'm going to be completely eliminating travel, right? I'm still going to travel. That's just in me. And I would love to visit South Africa and Vietnam and stuff like that. And I might still do that, but it's not like a conscious thing for me to be like, okay, I need to book this on my calendar this year right now. If it happens, it happens. And that's something that's there, but I'm not going to focus on it as much as compared to my salsa goal. Yeah. Katie brings up an interesting point. So if you don't know, we record these podcast episodes live in front of our dojo, which is our online productivity community. You can check that out at theproductivityshow.com forward slash dojo. Katie is giving a good example in the chat as we're recording this. That's really relevant to goal number two and goal number one. She's just finishing up her PhD and she expects to be finished by the end of Q1 in 2020. So congratulations, Katie. I have no doubt that you will. So what she's saying is just because she knows this last period of getting her PhD over the line is going to be such a gong show. That's my word, not hers, that she's not even going to focus on setting goals until after that for the rest of the year, because she knows any goal that doesn't relate to that, that she might try to accomplish in, in Q1 is just not going to happen. So, so for her, she's setting her kind of start date after Q1. And I think that's a really, really smart. I personally think that's a really, really smart approach. It's all about setting yourself up for success. Love that, Katie. Keep it going. So that is tip number two, to focus on one resolution or one goal at a time. So let's move on to tip number three here, and that is to break down the actions that will take you to your goal, right? So what most people end up doing is they say, hey, I want to do this. I want to accomplish that. And then they just hope that it will happen somehow, right? And then they show up for work and then they're like, okay, I'm just going to go and then do their thing. And then somehow it will you know, when December rolls around, they're like, okay, my goal is accomplished somehow, right? That, <laughs> that does not work that way. It doesn't result into anything. So what you really want to make sure of is that you really start to think about what are the actions that you have to take for you to accomplish 
that goal, right? So on a high level, if your goal is weight loss, the actions that you might have to take is exercise, watching what you eat, you know, nutrition, sleep, that kind of stuff, right? So just very high level. So if you think about any goal, you have to start thinking about, okay, what are some of the high level action steps that I need to take in general? And then from there, you can kind of break it down into really nitty gritty granular stuff that you have to do on a daily or weekly basis, right? So as an example, for my salsa goal, being able to go to a salsa club anywhere in the world and dance with a woman to a particular song or a random song, what are some of the actions that I need to take to accomplish my goal, right? So for me, because it's a skill and it's a kind of like, even a definition of success is a little arbitrary because it's not, for example, numeric, right? It's not really black or white. If you had a weight loss goal, it's easy to say, okay, if I hit 150 pounds or something, I'm done, right? But if I dance with a woman and I'm like messing up, does that count or, you know, is that still valid, right? That's a little, you know, arbitrary in that sense, but we'll just roll with that, right? So for me, if I want to accomplish that particular goal, what are some of the actions that I need to take? One is for me, I know that if I just show up for salsa classes once or at least twice a week, preferably, then eventually I will be able to have enough skill and enough confidence to be able to do that, right? And so what I would do then is I would basically either prepay for a lot of my classes because once money is involved, I'm more likely to follow through on that, right? Second thing is I will put it on my calendar. So I will put those classes on my calendar as far ahead as I can, right? So here in Austin, I take these classes now that are Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 till 8.30, right? So I know if I block that off on my calendar and kind of like RSVP that I'm coming, I will not even make my assistant RSVP. I will do it myself because doing it myself will force me to actually go to it, right? And then I will say, okay, if I miss a class or if I don't hit, you know, four times two, four weeks times twice a week, eight classes a month, then I have to make up for it somehow, whether it's like another class the next week or more classes next month somehow. But I want to make sure, you know, if I miss something that I make up for it somehow, right? And then also another action that I could take is to quote unquote stress test it, <laughs> meaning, okay, it's one thing to dance in class. It's another thing to actually go to a salsa club and then dance to a song that you have no clue about, right? So if I go to a salsa club at least once a month and kind of like quote unquote stress test it, then I know where I'm at and I can make adjustments based on that too. But that's an action that I have to take. And also I would then pre-book it on my calendar and say, okay, what is, what is a salsa club? What's their night? Let me put that on my calendar and I'll just go and I'll see how good I am. And if not, you know, then I'll make up for it some other time. And so just think about your goal and what kind of high level actions that you need to take. And then from there, kind of break it down to like nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. Imagine if you took salsa lessons, but you only learned how to dance to one particular song then you'd be in trouble. You'd have to sit there until your song came on. <laughs> I really like how you describe the process for having your goal of being able to do salsa dancing and then breaking it down into what you need to do. Because I actually just finished reading a book. It's called Peak, The Secrets of from the New Science of Expertise by Anders Ericsson. And the book is all about the concept of deliberate practice. And one thing I like about your approach is, is it takes kind of like that d deliberate practice model where 
what some people might do is if somebody want some people might want to learn to salsa dance, maybe they would skip to one of your step, which is going to those salsa socials. And so you go and you get a little bit better and you get a little bit better, but by blocking it off and focusing on lessons and prepaying and focusing on those lessons to improve specific parts so that you can you can actually do the things that you want to do. You're not kind of hoping you get better by doing the thing. You're specifically focusing on practice and improving. And so it's all about this. Step number three is all about breaking down the things, those specific things that you need to do to improve and then make sure you're taking actions to accomplish those as well. For me, for going with my my journaling practice goal. Basically, I need to, first of all, decide when I'm going to journal. So we already talked about that. I'm, I've decided I'm going to do that in the morning. Next, decide what I'm going to use. Am I going to use a notebook beside the bed? Am I going to use a specialized app like day one? Am I going to use just Evernote or text files or something like that? So it's figuring out ahead of time how I'm going to journal and what I'm going to use. And then finally, for some people, this might be overthinking it, but not for me, is deciding what prompts I'm going to use for journaling. For example, what some people, when they quote unquote journal, they're just sitting down at a a blank page and writing out their thoughts. For some people that works really well, Phil in the dojo chat makes a good point that journaling doesn't have to, because a lot of times a lot of people resist journaling because they don't want to do a bunch of writing. But Phil makes a good point that journaling doesn't actually have to involve that much writing. You can even do a few points a day. And and if you want, you can make it more a structured thing where you're responding to specific questions. Uh, And that tends to work better for me as if I'm responding to specific prompts versus just having an empty page. But for other people, they might not like those constraints and would prefer to just have it more free form. So it's all about thinking about what's going to work best for you and then figuring out those actions that will actually take you there. Sometimes it might be easier for you to think about your end goal and then to think about what do I need to do and working your way backwards that way to figure out what are the actual steps that I need to take, right? So to give an example of that would be to say, if my goal is to have my body weigh at a certain amount, right? Like I want to weigh like 150 pounds or something, maybe you're like, you know, 170 right now. So you want to drop 20 pounds. What are some of the ways that you can work backwards and say, how do I get to that, right? And so you can think about, okay, I need to exercise on a regular basis, right? I need to eat, you know, certain amount of food every day or certain types of food and then work your way backwards to then say, okay, what does that look like on the day-to-day basis or on a weekly basis, right? And so it's kind of just a slightly different angle to get to the same idea of like, what are the action steps or actions that we need to take that will eventually lead to the goal? So that is tip number three. Tip number four, and that is to create rituals that will support that goal. Now, if you're somebody who's new to the Productivity Show and you've never heard of this word rituals, which we like to bring up all the time, it's basically our version of a habit, but that's a little bit more specific and that is broken down in a lot of action steps that you then take, right? So when it comes to accomplishing your goals, the way to accomplish that is by taking actions all the time, right? And if you make those actions habitual or you make them a ritual, then eventually it's going to lead to that goal. So as an example, if I want to drop weight, I know if I create the habit or I create rituals around exercise, then eventually I will get to that weight loss goal, right? And just like if I want to have a journaling habit or a practice, I know that I need to journal every single day 
and make that a ritual so that I will eventually be a person that journals every single day, right? And just like for me, if I want to be a good salsa dancer, I know that I need to create this habit or ritual of showing up for salsa lessons every single week, right? And some goals are easier to do on a daily basis because that's inherently the case. For example, with journaling, you can do that every day and kind of practice that. And some goals have very quote unquote inconsistent actions. They, they might take place like once a week or twice a week and there's a little bit of a gap and sometimes you can't practice it every day or do it every day. And that's fine too, right? So for example, with my salsa goal, yes, I could technically dance salsa every day, but if I'm being realistic with my schedule, that is just not going to happen, right? But I can set aside Tuesday nights and Thursday nights to work on my salsa moves, right? And that's something that I will take into account as I'm building my habits, right, around that, or as we like to say, rituals. And so I want to always think about ways to make sure that I'm sticking to showing up on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And for me, getting really clear on the why of why I'm, I'm doing this allows me to be more consistent because some of you who are listening, you might say, well, you know, that's great for you, Tan, because you can stick to your calendar or whatever, but I, I, you know, I can't really do that. Like, wh- what do I need to do? And oftentimes when you see that challenge, Oftentimes what I see is that you're just not really clear what really motivates you to, to, to do this, like to accomplish this goal, right? And getting really clear on the why, which we've talked about in a lot of episodes in the past, is something that you really want to get clear on. Like you want to be able to emotionally connect with what you're doing, right? And oftentimes most of us logically connect with something. Yes, I want to drop 20 pounds, but why is it that you want to do that, right? And then oftentimes it gets to something very emotional, and so for me, my why to be able to dance also, like logically would be say, oh, that's a really cool skill. You know, I'm, I'm going to be able to dance also. Right. And that's cool and all. But, you know, if uh, if I miss a class, am I really going to tell myself, yeah, you know, it would be cool to be able to dance also. Like that's not going to motivate me to come back to salsa class. Right. But if I really dig deeper and figure out, OK, why is it that I really want to do this? And you ask yourself why multiple times, you know, one of the things that I'm really inspired by is to be a renaissance man, right? And the idea of a renaissance man is somebody who has lots of different skills in different areas of life and is just considered, quote unquote, like a very unique man or a very unique person, like that is almost, quote unquote, <laughs> enlightened, but not necessarily in the spiritual sense, but just like in a super badass sense, right? So imagine a guy who has like an artistic side, can paint or can dance or has like, uh, photography skills or something, somebody who's really good with numbers, somebody who's in really good shape, somebody who can fight yeah, and self-defend and fight and, and kill people if, if needed, <laughs> right? Like if you meet that kind of person, you go, oh, that is a badass. Like that is a renaissance quote unquote man. Like that has so many talents. And that is something that I'm really inspired by, right? And so for me, being able to be inspired by that allows me to pick up something like salsa because that's something that I don't know how to do. I'm a very logical person. I'm very good with numbers, right? You can ask Brooks, like I look at numbers all day long and I can look at spreadsheets and see patterns and formulas and all that great stuff. But I'm terrible when it comes to being super artistic, right? And so dancing is something that I've realized like that would be something really fun for me to kind of like clear up that artistic side of being a quote unquote renaissance man. And it's also a really cool partner dance. So you do it with somebody else, right? And so 
that to me is really inspiring. And when I tell myself that, that really motivates me to keep going on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Katie says she's picturing you as bugs as a millennial Bugsy Malone. So there you go. You can you can roll with that. <laughs> one uh, one one trick for establishing these rituals that will support your goal. Uh, and this is something that uh, in episode two one seven, so TPS two one seven, with author James Clear, who uh, talks about more about this in his book Atomic Habits, is tying the ritual or the habit that you want to do to another thing that you're going to be doing anyway. So it makes it kind of part of the process. So for me, one thing we do here at Asian Efficiency, I don't know if we've really talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, This would be an interesting topic someday maybe, is we all, every single one of us posts every single day, well, every week, work day, something called a daily update, where it's it's a page in Confluence, which we post what we're going to be working on today and what we're going to be committing to today. And so this is something we we all do. So what I've done is I've tied my journaling habit to creating that daily update because it's kind of related in a way. I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to be doing that day. Habit stacking is what James Clear calls it. Stacking that journaling habit with something I'm going to be doing anyway, which is my daily update. They just kind of lead together and relate together very well. So so that is something, a trick that I've used to kind of tie those, those habits together. So again, creating rituals around supporting your goal is super, super important. So I would say most people who fail at accomplishing their goals oftentimes miss this particular step, right? And it's one thing to break it down like we talked about in the last step. It's another thing to actually create rituals around it. And I think that's where people fall off. So if you're somebody who has a low success rate with their goals, this is the area that you really want to focus on the most. So again, that is tip number four. So let's move on to tip number five here, and that is to come up with a way to track those particular rituals. So in the last step, we talked about how you should come up with those rituals and establish them. Now we want to talk about how to track them because the more you can track your rituals and kind of keep count, the easier it is for you to stick to it, but also to adjust along the way. So as an example, with my salsa goal, uh, how do I track if I'm making progress or not, right? Well, one of the ways I can keep track of that, of my ritual, meaning showing up for class, is to simply ask myself, how often did I show up this particular month or this past month for class, right? And like I said earlier, I want to show up every Tuesday and Thursday and at least one social a month. And so that means eight classes and one social month, right? Those are quote unquote my metrics. So now I can say, okay, if the new month comes around and I do kind of a review, which we'll talk about next, did I actually go to eight classes? And if I did, then I'm on point. But if I, you know, start traveling or I was sick one week or I just couldn't go for, you know, whatever reason, maybe there was a work emergency or something like that, right? And I had like maybe six classes in one month. Then I'm like, okay, I can see that, you know, I missed two classes. That's kind of like setting me back a little bit, right? Let's make sure that I book more classes this upcoming month or this upcoming week, right? And now I can get back on track. And so when you know how to track your rituals, then you can make those adjustments. But if you don't know how to keep track of things, it's kind of difficult to make adjustments because you're just going off on how you feel or what you think is going on or, you know, and there's no really clear vision or optics in sight that kind of allow you to make adjustments. So getting really clear on how you can track those things makes it really easy for you to adjust and then stay on point. 
Yeah. And th- sometimes there's, there's apps that will help you with this. There's apps where you can use to track a habit. Sometimes the tool you're using to do your, whatever your goal is actually has this built in. So for example, if your goal was to establish a meditation practice, an app that we've talked about on the podcast before, uh, calm.com, and I'm sure most meditation apps work this way as well, will track your current streak of how many days you've meditated in a row. And so it also almost becomes, you know, you're, you're doing it for the benefits of the meditation, but also you don't want to break that streak. So that can be an additional motivation to, to kind of keep going. So lots of journaling apps have that, lots of meditation apps, all that sort of thing. For me, I, I have a, a recurring task and OmniFocus to make sure that I, I journal. So I, if I've broken that, I'll know right away because I'll have that, the red OmniFocus task there. So that becomes kind of a reminder slash tracking mechanism for me as well. So look for tools that will help you accomplish your goals and look for a tool that might have the ability to track it within the tool as well. And even if you're using pen and paper, you know, you can do like a bullet journal sort of thing. You can do the X on the calendar. You can find an easy way to do the tracking. Like if, say, you had a health goal and you wanted to track your calories. Well, yeah, you could write it down in a notebook and fig- look up the calories online or calculate it somehow and and keep t- tabs in a notebook. You might find it easier to use a tool like my fitness pal, which has a ton of food and recipes built in and a barcode scanner. So it makes it super, super easy to track because the easier it is to track these things, the easier it is to keep that ritual and routine going. And the more likely it is that you're going to keep on track with your goal. You don't want this to be a chore. As soon as it becomes something that feels like a chore, it becomes more of a friction point rather than something that's going to help you. Right. And you don't have to go super granular either. It has to be a simple as like something that you can do very quickly, right? So for example, with my salsa goal, I could say, okay, I want to hit, you know, 5,000 hours or something or 10,000 hours, but then am I going to be the person who will start a timer when I go to salsa class and then ends my timer and then puts it in a Google sheet or something and then has like a formula, you know, that calculates how many hours I've done, right? Well, that (laughs) technically, yes, I could do that if I was that crazy, but uh, that becomes more of a chore, right? And so I simplify that by saying, did I just show up for class and how often? If I did, great. You know, if I didn't, okay. Let's just make an adjustment from there. So again, keep it really simple. Don't try to make it complicated or <laughs> making it a chore. Make it really, really simple for yourself. Again, so that is tip number five. Come up with a way to track your rituals. So the final tip that we have here, and that is tip number six, is to establish a review. And what do we mean with that? When we set a goal and we want to make sure we accomplish it, we have to check in on a regular basis and then make adjustments as needed, right? Success is really never a uh, linear process. It's never a straight line that just, you do X and then eventually you'll get there. You'll run into roadblocks, right? You might get sick, work emergencies, stuff just happens all the time, right? And it's key for us to be able to make adjustments along the way. And the best way to do that is, again, to keep track of things, But then also, once you do keep track, we need to look at that every now and then to make sure that we are actually on track, right? And so going back to my salsa goal earlier, if I only had six classes that I showed up for one month, then I'm a little bit behind because I was committed to doing eight a month, right? So when I do my review, whether that's on a weekly basis or every two weeks or once a month, I want to be able to check in with that, 
right? And so once you know how to score and kind of like track your stuff, then the review process is usually actually pretty easy, right? Just like if you have a weight loss goal, your review could be, you know, or your tracking could be measure your weight every single day. But then the review process could be, let's look at it on a weekly basis, average out the daily weight because it could fluctuate so much, you know, based on liquids and all that stuff. And then take the average of that and then say, okay, let's plot that in. And am I still on track? Or is the you know trend line going downwards or not, right? Or if you're trying to put on weight, like is the trend, trend line going upwards as well, right? So make that review process something that you really do consistent. And I usually recommend at least once a week, right? Or once a month uh, at a bare minimum. Yeah, and review is something we've talked a lot about on the podcast in the past. Uh, an example, we have a an episode back in TPS 56, so going way back about a system for reviewing your goals. We've also done podcasts on, and articles on reviewing your goals every day. If you want to get even more, more hardcore about doing reviews and tracking uh, the 12-week year, which I know, Tanya, you've already mentioned, is a great framework for, for doing your goals in 12-week periods, but then always reviewing and tracking as well. And so we've got a dojo course called the AE way to implement a 12 week year, which is one of our most popular little mini courses inside the dojo. But yeah, you want to go back, you look, you want to look at your goal to be actually reminded of that you're still working on this goal, because sometimes we set goals at the beginning of the period, whatever that is. And if we don't have that regular review, we can kind of forget about them. I'm sure that's happened to many of us that we go to look at our goals maybe in July and we and then we we look back at our spreadsheet or whatever we made about our goals and we realize, oh yeah, I totally forgot I was I said I was gonna do that. Well, you wanna avoid that. So that so tracking and reviewing is one way to always keep your goals front of mind. And so partway through the year, you might even decide through your process of review that this goal is not what you should be focusing on anymore. Maybe there's other goals that have come up. Maybe you've actually gotten, maybe you've actually achieved to a level that there's kind of diminishing returns to keeping to focus on this for the rest of the year. Maybe that is a something that tells you, oh, okay, it's time to focus on something else. So review helps you keep on track with that. For me, with the journaling, what I find really helpful is to go back and review my journal monthly. This has a lot of benefits, both from a journaling perspective, and we've talked about that in the dojo course we have on journaling and also previously on the podcast, but just going back and going through the the journal through the month is kind of a, a review to let me know how it is that I've been doing. So yeah, review and tracking and rituals are super important for making your goals stick throughout the year. So those are the six tips for sticking to your goals this year. And as we are coming to the conclusion of this episode, to kind of summarize what we recommend you do is as you're going through this episode, maybe again, as you're listening to this, just pick one of the action steps that you think you could have the most benefit from, right? So maybe it is the tracking part. Maybe it's the review part. Maybe it is coming up and breaking down the action step that you need to take. Or instead of picking three things you're going to work on, it's only one thing. Or it's maybe getting really clear about what you're getting yourself into. Pick one of those areas and work on that first and foremost, right? Because you probably do something already that might be working, might not. And if you add that one tweak to it that we just mentioned today, that can make a big difference, right? So pick one of those areas and implement that right away as you're finishing up this episode. And before we conclude, you can find all the links that we share in the show notes today by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 281. Thanks for joining us today, guys. 
At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get stuff done. You should be able to get everything done in the time you have. That's why we built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time you have, increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity, and within two minutes of taking a productivity quiz, we'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Don't let your never-ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your health and family to get stuff done. Take the quiz today. You'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or star in Overcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next Productive Monday.